coming, man. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Common Connections, a series of podcasts brought to you in conjunction with Shinty Memories Scotland. I'm Gary Innes and in today's episode we head for Tyne Bruch and to a club that was formed back in 1896, the very same year as the very first ever Cameron Cup Final. Which club am I talking about? Well, I'm sure most of you will have already guessed that I'm talking about the one and only Kyle's Athletic. And today I'm talking with one of the club's most successful players ever. And it gives me the greatest of pleasures to welcome Barney Crawford. And as always, we head right the way back to the start of Barney's journey. And I started by asking him, what's his real name? My name is Duncan. Believe it or not, I've never been called Duncan in my life. My grandfather was Duncan and I used to kick about with him and he christened me Barney. <laughs> For some reason he christened me Barney, so that's stuck with me all my life. Nobody ever, ever called me because it was always quite confusing to say, what's your name? And say, well, it's Barney. Hey, well, no, it's no Barney, it's Duncan Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask, ask some of the locals who Duncan Crawford was, well, they wouldn't know, I don't know him. The earliest memory was just playing with the boys next door, you know, Tom Nicholson and Bobby and them. We were next door to each other and we, we started playing together and then the Millest boys were just a, half a mile down the road. They used to come up and join us, you know, the Charlie Black and the old Alan Simpson and these boys and we used to play and sometimes we could do the Millis and play and we played all the time in the school. The playground was pretty rough, you know, a lot of holes in it and stones and all sorts and all the play times we played shinty nearly all the time. So that's where we learned to play a shinty. It used to be, if you, there's the goals at one end, there was a shed where the headmaster was, and then there was the building at the other end, and the other end was the building was a, quite a big line of wind. White wind is quite high up, but they were behind the goals. And I always remember, if you broke a window, you had to go to the headmaster, say, please, sir, I've broken the window. And then it was a case of, hold out your hand, boy, and you get two of the belt for breaking the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we learned to shoot, you know. <laughs> Keep it low. And that stood with Kyle's all the way through, all these boys getting the belt so young, hitting the ball over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. What you got a belt for? That's what you got a belt for. I right? got a belt, two of the belt for break the window. <laughs> that's brilliant. Right. And in primary school, can you remember some of the boys that you were playing alongside? The ones that come through the Kyle's, I think, were Tommy Nicholson, there was Lexi Evan, Jimison's, Ali Turner, McCrae's, and Donnie McNevin was there too. I always remember that he was a wee bit older than me, Donny, and Ian Irvin. They used to have some wild tussles in the playground, you know. They were a wee bit bigger, so the, the tackles were that bit harder and banging each other against the wall and all the rest of it, you know. But that's where you learn to defend yourself, you know. But never really had any sticks to play with. What we did, dicks out the wood with something or bend in the water when you cut it, and that's what you played with, you know, something like that. It wasn't even a shinty stick we had, it was just a, just a bit of wood cut out in the wood, a bend in the water, and that's what we learned to play with, eh? Amazing. And did you put any grips on them at all? No, there was nothing on them, no. no. <laughs> Just an old bit of stick leathering each other. <laughs> we used to go out in the sun, we'd try and find a kind of one a wee bit better than the other one, you know. <laughs> the one we had, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Do you remember the first time you actually got a proper cannon? I think I got one for my Christmas when I was, uh, I can't remember the age I was, I wasn't that old, but I got one for my Christmas. I think it was on the first in Inverness I got, man. In those days, there wasn't so many games anyway, but there was quite a lot of folk in the place. There was Tyne Bruch, there was Cairns, and there was Millhouse. And each of these districts, a wee bit of a village, had a team of their own. 
and they used to play a summer league, and that's where we learned a lot of shinty. The summer league consisted of Kames and Tinnebreak and Wellhouse. There was Zachar, Cole Glen and Butte, and they all played in the summer league and used to play for the Butte Mint Cup and the Smith Cup, and we learned a lot of shinty there during the summer time. It was organised locally between, you know, the district, the girl, the cracks. Finals. 
they always turned up at the final and he used to call me the wood cutter from that time on. He called me the wood cutter. I was the wood cutter today. He always called me shout for us. I, we became quite good friends, actually. That was my first, that was my baptism of senior Cinti. It was a game and said to me, right, you get in there swinging, son. And what year would that have been, roughly? That would be 59, I think. 1959, I think that would be. Uh, and how did you get on? Can you remember the score? I think maybe we won 2-1 or something. It was quite a close game. But there was a, a lot of the, the open boys, you know, John Boyd and Angie Lurie and Cameron, all these boys were playing. Plus all the Kyle's boys were playing, you know, Chris Tumsey and John Reid and all these guys. It was quite a good team at that time. It was quite a good team when everybody summed up. Quite a few of the boys were in the police, so sometimes the, you know, the shifts and that, they didn't actually make the game. It was a great learning curve to be with the girl for two or three years. I played with up there, so it's quite good. Then when I come back to San Bruce, I picked to play for the Kyle for and from that end, it's more or less played for the Kyle from that point on. There's a place out in the west where my thoughts all come to rest. Rugged grandeur seen through all. Though I've travelled everywhere, there's no heaven to compare with that sleepy village nestling on the Clyde. Feast your eyes and beauty rare, free for all the world to share. See the Kyles of mutinied skies and hazy blue. Will you come along with me to that haven by the sea? We'll go back to Tyne Brewer, you and I. Take the high road from Danoon on a sunny afternoon at the crest the view brings life to weary eyes where the islands dot the seas and the yachts glide with the breeze through the narrows to the waiting paradise while the blackbird in the trees sings his haunting Such songs for you. Will you come along with me to that haven by the sea? We'll go back to Tyne Brewer, you and I. skies so bright and clear tell that summer days are here where we wandered hand in hand in days gone by will you come along with me to that haven by the sea 
We'll go back to Tyne and Blue, you and I. We'll go back to Tyne and Blue. And what was it like coming back from Glasgow to play for your boyhood club? You've played two or three years in senior shinty, but now you finally get to don the colours of the Kyles. Oh, well, it was always that, right? There was no hesitation that you were going to carry playing on for Mount Giles. You were asked to play for the Kyles, you know. That's it. <laughs> that's it, aye. That's who, that's who you always went to play for. But I'd only played junior shinty, you know, before I went to Glasgow, really. I used to go when I was up in Glasgow play with university boys on a Wednesday. I used to play, I used to practice on a Wednesday afternoon out at Gerskadden, so I used to go there and play with them. I think, in fact, I actually played for them once under an assumed name against the Aberdeen University, and there was a little John Dreiser, someone who played for, played for them once up there. As you said yourself, so you could have played under your own name, Duncan Crawford, and nobody would have known who it was anyway, well, Barney. I think nobody would have known who it was, I and when you went back to Tiny Brew, what were you doing for work at that point? Well, I worked on the farm. I was a shepherd then. I up in the farms up the road. I was a shepherd. I got married and then we went down to moved on to wife's father. We were in there for a few years and then we, we moved up to where I am just now. At that time, the, the states were all getting kind of broken up. The Forestry Commission had bought the states and farms were getting kind of broken up. So I finished back up here with my father and... And I've been here ever since, and that's more or less been here ever since. I've been a few here. Ah, lovely. Uh, so that, that's where I am. And just, well, my shinty career just carried on from me. Once I started playing for Kyle, the rest, I suppose, is history in that sense, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, let's touch on some of that history, because what a history it's been for not only Kyle's, but for yourself. And let's go back to, you've just moved back home 1962, 1963. You're playing for the Kyle's senior team. How are you doing as a club at that point? Well, we're all quite young. It was quite a young team when we started. Oban Celtic were the, in the south. We were Scamore North and South End. But Oban Celtic were the kind of top team in the south at that time. We had a really good team. And I remember that, well, I played in a, a friendly game, a, an exhibition game for Kyle's 1960. I was home in summer, working in the summer. And they played against Oban Celtic around the noon it was at one of these exhibition games. And they beat us 7-1, which was quite a... An eye opener for us to, to see that, but gradually, as we go to grips with them, by kind of a couple of years later, two or three years later, we're starting to kind of maybe just get beaten the odd goal, and then then we started drawing with them, maybe replays and things. And then we started winning, and then once we got on top of them, we did on top of them, and they never recovered from that. Celtic never recovered from that, believe it or not. They were a really good team at that time, the top team at that time. They were really good, a good team to be played good shinty, you know. We learned a lot from them, but you learned that by getting beaten. They work out how did they manage to beat you, how did they do it, and they just we played that bit harder, that bit faster, and just got together. We had a good team, we, you know, we played together as a team. Our teamwork was quite good at that time, you know, and we'd, we'd a few good players in it as well, which made a difference. Can you remember what your first Scottish final was? I think it was about 64, I think. It was 64. We, Jim Jimison was a captain that year. I think maybe that might have been... Well, the first one would be against Comali, would it, I think? Yeah, 1965 that was. That 65, that first one. I'm terrible at remembering all these things, you know, for memory, like a hen. Listen, I only know that because I've just pulled it up on Google. Right, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I'm just having a wee look through the years because... That would be right, in five, 
Yeah, ni- 1965, Kyle's 4, Kamali 1 at Oban. At Oban, uh-huh. And then the following year, 1966, you won again, 3-2 uh-huh. over Newton Moore at Inverness. That's right, aye, that's right. Uh-huh. I was a captain in 69, we won the cup in 69 again, that was against Comali, I remember that. I was at Oban, uh-huh. I think we did win it in 68 as well. You did, yeah, I'm, again, I'm only catching this online. Yeah, that's against King Yusey. Yeah, that's right, at Oban, and it was 3 all. it, it says. It was a replay, uh-huh. aye. We played at Fort William and then we went back to Oban the following week. Drawing a Scottish Cup final, I suppose... Like the All Ireland finals still do. If it's a draw after full time and extra time, then it just goes straight onto a replay the following week. Uh-huh. There must have been a huge kind of excitement and I suppose nervousness when you drew a Scottish final and you had to play the the same well, team again at a different week. park. Get yourself up for it the following week again, aye. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But again, the North teams we didn't really meet them. It's North and South then. So, again, you'd learn quite a bit from your first game, what happened and what didn't happen. you maybe think you'd be better prepared, or you knew who was coming the second time anyway. Let's talk about that 1969 Cup final. You're captain of Kyle's. Talk us through the kind of whole experience. You've obviously won a couple of Kamina Cups. In fact, you've won three at that point, but, you know, going in as captain, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. Well, I think the captaincy of the Kyles came by, as you come into the team, and it just became, when you joined the Kyles, you just took your turn as it came along. It wasn't a thing where you're out shouting and ordering folk about, you know, we were more of a team, or more togetherness than that, you know. There was quite an honour to the captain, aye, that's true. You only ever get one chance of being a captain. The Kyles, you'll never get one chance of being the captain, you know. That's the way it worked. Just your luck sometimes, you know. There's a lot of really good players who never won a silver mounted stick or, or won anything with the Kyles. Better players never have always. But you know, just your luck didn't you know, to get these things, I always think. You know, I played for a long time, but I actually played in 14 cup finals. Got eight winners' medals and six losers. <laughs> well, that's more winners than losers. That's a win in anyone's book, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at your dominance through that time as well, Barney, you mentioned there a moment ago you only got one shot of being captain, uh-huh. and I'm sure you're very happy that you weren't captain the following year, 1970 or 1971. Well, that's right, aye. Guess that was a, a real we got hammer and everything up with you more then, aye. Yeah, 2-7-1 beatings back to back. What was that like? You know, you, you've just won all these Kamina Cups in the last few years. The well, team's actually, going great. Maybe, maybe a wee bit, maybe a wee bit complacency. It may be a wee bit overconfident and, you know, it just, it's one of these things and, and it just, uh, it's the way it unfolded. But Newton Moore started to go well at that time. Uh, Big John Fraser was an immense player at that time for them. I always thought, you know, he's, he was really one of the best. As a complete player, he was like, he was strong. He could play shinty. He could do everything. He was one, he's one of the best players I ever come up against now. And hard as nails too. There's no flaws in them. There's no buttons you could press to sort of, sort of find a weakness in them. You know, there was no weaknesses to find there. You just had to get stuck in and hope so for the best. You know. <laughs> Looking at the results over the next few years, it's quite incredible. But let's talk about the 1980 Cup final: Kyle's versus Newton Moore at Kinusi. And well, you pipped Newton Moore six five. Six five. I mean, that must have been incredible. Not only to be involved with, but you know, an 11 goal Kamina Cup thriller. Aye, that was, that was some game, that was some game that was, 
was a, a dear die effort. We went well for a while and then they kept coming back at it. I think it finished up. Neil Blair was good. The winning goal just for that long time. I can't just mind how it goes, but you know, it was an exciting game. We had a lot of good, we had a lot of hard games against Newton Moore. Games when we up in Glasgow, we got beaten 5 3 and we didn't really play well that day. It wasn't a good game at all. That game went a bit kind of hairy, as it were. <laughs> we came a bit ratty that time. Most of the time, the Shinty was played against Newton Moore, but I mean, Newton Moore are a hard team to play, or you know, you know what they're like. It's all give and take, you've got to give, but you've got to take it as well. And they're good friends in the Newton Moore boys, because off the field, played hard on, but they're good off the field as well, you know, we went well with them. We, we did anyway. Some of the best games I've ever played in were certainly in these finals against Newton Moore, games that you sort of remember, you know. And saying that, there's a lot of good teams in the South End too. To me, the standard of Shinty has dropped quite a bit. I mean, let's say it has, I think it has really dropped quite a bit. The standard of the teams that played, because, you know, Inverary and Mithergyle, Celtic, you had to play well to beat any of these teams. A lot of times we get to finals, we're only beating these teams by maybe an odd goal in the semi-final. I always find that the harder you had to play to get to final, the better you won in the final. If you got an easier run through, that wasn't good, that made you too complacent. The harder you had to play, the better you were. Tough and jump, tough and jump. And
Jugendliche fast haunet. Schiene macht mir faschen ich Ritsche. Mir faschen, mir faschen, geschiri brat. I mean, thinking back to that time era, who was, would you say, the hardest player or players you played against? Oh, I played against a lot of hard players. <laughs> Alistair Forbes played on that game for a while, and he was, if you weren't a hard player, you couldn't get much harder than him. Just rough and tough and come at you anyway at all. You had to be able to handle it. And then you had some really good stick players, like old Doogie McIntyre, not middle Doogie McIntyre, old Doogie McIntyre, I used to play against him, and his stick work was, was to me, he was second to none, absolutely immaculate. Sometimes his temperament would let him down, but you know, he'll find a weakness in some players, that's the one you push, that's the button you push, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, different players, but I was saying, you know, to come up against, probably big John Fraser was probably one of the toughest guys to come up against for his ability and everything else. I mean, there was, oh, Duncan Cameron from Oman Celtic was a great player too, but he was a real heady player, you know, and but hard as well, I think. You learn a lot from people like that. You learn a lot from people like that. As long as you're willing to learn from them and not just uh, sort of see things they do and then you can think about how did they do that and what they do and just, uh, trying to work out how you're going to beat them and that sort of thing, you know, but... Probably a slightly different game now from what it was. I think probably more physical game in the other day, you know, the phrase of Komali and that. You know, they were real big, Derek. They were real tough guys. <laughs> you knew you'd been in a game with most of these boys. You knew you'd been in a game. You know, if I ask you to think back to a game or a time that just comes straight into your head on the shinty field, is there a certain game or a final or a moment that always takes you back? I'm one of these guys that when the game's over... That's it. I feel behind me. Done. Whatever it is, it's done. Don't say forget about it. You always learn something from the game, but I'm not one that's going to go over the game and say, well, it was a different that and it's what happened and that what happened. You have moments where you can maybe remember, but some folk can relive every moment the games are played. No, I'm not one of these guys. I just, when the game's finished, that's it. I'm on there for 90 minutes and I'm totally concentrated on that, and that was me for 90 minutes or however long it lasted. But once it was over, it was over, and that was it. Whether it was a Scottish Cup or whether it was a first game in the league, it was every game was the same. We knew you had to win, and for that 90 minutes, that was all that was in your head. And how are you going to do it? And you try to drive the boys on and get them to do it. And so that's what made me tick more than anything, if you know what I mean. But I was lucky playing with a lot of good players and you know, a good team. And I was quite lucky with injuries too. I had a few injuries, but nothing desperately serious. But I was playing in the school in the playground with sticks and things flying about, that's the place you learn to protect yourself. You knew that your stick is not just for hitting the ball, your stick's for protecting yourself. I see a lot of young ones now, they don't have that ability to protect themselves with their stick as we did. Well, half the games we played and your stick was for protecting yourself as much as hitting the ball. That's, <laughs> that's what I found anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Conscious of being used in a stick for protection, it used to be. Maybe I'm 
What age did you stop playing shinty at, Barney? Well, we didn't play it for 40 days. I think the last big senior game we played was against Oban Kamnock in the Celtic Cup up in Glasgow, but I can't really remember what that was, but the 80-something, 85 or something, I don't know. But I travelled with the team for a while after that. Travelled it more or less as a sub, but half the time you ended up on the field because there was a play, somebody wouldn't turn up or something. But, you know, I played on for a wee while, and then I played... I played with the juniors. I remember we got to the semi-final of the Sutherland Cup with them. I think in the quarter-final we actually played Fort William. Talking about things you remember, and before William came down, we were quite a good team, and we were kind of made up with two or three old ones and young ones and played them down at Colbride. I can't remember the actual score, but I think Fort William were like 2-1 up, and there was a while to go, so I moved up forward, and... For Roy McCoach was shouting as a halfback, it was against me. Mark that man, keeps tight on that man. So it was the first ball, when I managed to slip around and poke the ball into the net, so when he's screaming at this guy, so it's just out. So just not long after that, the ball came back up again, and I managed to turn and I scored another goal. And Coach was shouting at this boy, I told you to stick to him, stick to him, you're stick close to him, my buddy will tell you to stick close to him. <laughs> and he turns through and he shouts back to him. He says, I'm like, any closer to him, I'll be shagging him, he says. There's <laughs> 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 things like that that stick in your mind, you're saying things that's about, I mean, I shouldn't be saying stories like that, but I, mean, I thought that was quite funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That was> brilliant. <laughs> Another day, it was probably easier for us in lots of ways because we didn't have so many games to play. But, you know, the way it is now, I think it's an awful commitment for the boys. You're turning out every week, all these games, and all the travelling and everything else. I feel it's a tremendous commitment for the boys. They seem to enjoy it, but uh, Premier League, with all the travelling involved, it's, it's quite a quite something for them now to just to give that commitment especially with the boys with families and things like that the whole weekend is maybe taken up with just going to play shinty but whereas when I played it was kind of your first away game would be Glasgow or Oban in the south but you'd be working in the morning and you'd jump into the car and you'd drive up there in a couple of hours and you could play a game we worked on a Saturday as well with no warm-ups our warm-up was working in the morning <laughs> that was our warm-ups I've seen me driving into Oban, or the wife me driving into Oban, and I'd be sitting in the back and get my strip on, and you'll arrive five minutes before the game started, if you're lucky, that kind of thing, but, uh, that's the way it was then. Oh, Barney, it sounds an absolute business. Thank you so, so much for joining us today and sharing all your memories and giving us all your carry-on and crack as well. <laughs> Just brilliant. I hope it went down all right, but... Uh... <laughs> Listen, it was absolutely magic. <laughs> Thanks then, Gary. Nice Take... to speak to you. Lovely to talk to you. To you. Cheers. Bye, Drums, they sound so bonny when they remind me of my genie. Such fond delight can steal upon me when genie kneels and sings to me. the hills of Bodmin
sunset body Drums, they sound so bonny. Kisses me.